Welcome to Think Like a Champion, the podcast where we reveal the mental strategies of elite performers so you can apply them to your own life and raise your game. I'm your co-host, Trevor Mowad. On this episode, I'm joined by co-host Russell Wilson and special guest Ariana Huffington to discuss how healthy habits and routines are essential for peak performance and how to create them. Today, we have the co-founder of the Huffington Post, current CEO of Thrive Global. She's the author of 15 books. I don't know if I've ever read that much and has been named Time's 100 Most Influential People. Please welcome uh, your friend, our friend, Ariana Huffington. You excited, Russell? Of course. Ariana, what's going on? We're excited to have you. So good to be with you, Russell and Trevor. Really looking forward to this. We've been looking forward to this too as well. Listen, I, I know that we've gotten to know each other over the years, Ariana, and um, you know, I, I know we got a lot to talk about today. A lot to talk about. A lot of changes in our lives, right? <laughs> exactly. So I'm fired up about it. Well, and I think that leads really well into our first topic, which is on the idea that first you form a habit, uh, then that habit forms you. Um, how, how would you interpret that saying? And, and at what point in your life did you really start to notice how important your habits and routines were going to be, not only for your success, but your sustained success? I love this question so much because... Uh, um, my leaving the Huffington Post to launch Thrive Global was based entirely on this belief that uh, by building sustainable, healthy, productive habits, we can change our lives and change the world. And I came to this realization the hard way, Russell and Trevor, by collapsing from exhaustion, burnout, sleep deprivation, hitting my head on my desk, breaking my cheekbone, and coming to realize that, in fact, uh, um, peak performance requires cycles of recovery. And uh, nobody knows that better, of course, than an elite athlete like Russell. So at Thrive, we are basing everything on what we call micro-steps, tiny little incremental steps that lead to healthy habits. We have hundreds of them, and we call them too small to fail. We like to break them down into things that people can really achieve around sleep, around food, around exercise, around gratitude. Well, I think what you said, um, Ariana, around the idea around healthy habits and those routines, those micro steps along the way that allow you to become su successful. And I think that's that's really the sweet spot for peak performance. And I think it's, it's so important that we find uh, an ability and an awareness of, okay, where, where can I improve every day? I, I think that any elite performer has to be able to find these these, these little micro steps, as you mentioned, I love how you put that um, in, in micro moments as well to be able to find that, find that sweet spot in that performance. Well, I love what you are teaching and Trevor is teaching around the limitlessness of possibilities and um, not listening to our self-doubts and self-judgments. Uh, that's particularly important 
for us if we want to achieve anything in our lives. Uh, we all have that voice that puts us down, that doubts us, the imposter syndrome. I call that voice the obnoxious roommate living in my head. <laughs> and uh, I think part of... Um, Growing up and uh, developing these uh, micro steps and healthy habits is uh, making sure that we, if not entirely silence the obnoxious roommate that may be very hard, that we evict them for most of the time. Don't let them take permanent residence in our head because that makes our goals and our plans very, very difficult to achieve. But one other thing that's important is we are swimming in a culture that believes the delusion that in order to succeed, we have to be always on. We have to power through exhaustion. We don't have time to sleep. Taking care of ourselves is self-indulgence. And really, I don't think anybody is better to teach that this is false than elite, super successful athletes like you. And you know, Russell, you and I have been talking about that for many years because you have scores to prove it. <laughs> this is not some warm and fuzzy opinion. You can look at how much sleep you got, how much junk you ate, how much recovery time you, make, you made up for yourself, how much time you spent in your hyperbaric chamber, and all that adds up to victories. You know, I've had the unique opportunity uh, to spend time at Fort Bragg. And uh, one of the things they talked about, and I wanted to get both your takes, is this idea, uh, Ariana, of the aggregate of marginal gains. And they believed that the best competitors in the world could get better with micro improvements, exactly what you're talking about, and across human performance, how do I get a little bit better at sleeping? How do I get a little bit better at thinking? How do I get a little bit bigger, faster, stronger? How do I study more? You know, everybody's looking for that home run, but Joe Madden said it best, just do simple better. I love that uh, because so often what stops people from making improvements in their lives is the idea that it has to be a complete overhaul or the idea of big New Year resolutions that we all abandon by week three, and then we feel shame and guilt, and it's harder to get back on the horse. So I love this idea of making um, simple and doing simple better and making them really small. In fact, let me give you two of my favorites, just to make it clear everybody is with us in terms of what we mean by micro steps. How you start your day and how you end your day is incredibly important. 72% of people start their day by going to their phone before they're even fully conscious. Uh, I know, Russell, you and Ciara start by praying about your day, your intention, your love, what you want to build and create. That is amazing. If everybody could take 60 seconds, again, micro steps, to just do that, to remember what they're grateful for, take deep breaths, set their intention for the day, whatever they want, 60 seconds before you go to your phone, it sets you up for a different day than immediately being 
overwhelmed by whatever the world wants from you, which is on your phone. And at night, most people are on their phone until the last moment, and then they are exhausted, they put their phone on their nightstand, turn off the light. But that has not given us time to transition from the day with all its challenges to the time to recharge through our sleep. And so we need to create a little transition to sleep. I mean, Russell, you have young children. You know, you don't just drop them in bed. You sing them a lullaby. You read them good night, moon. You prepare them to transition to sleep, to say goodbye to the day. I recorded a parody of good night, moon, called good night, smartphone. (laughs) And I recommend, again, a micro step of turning off our phone and charging it outside our bedroom so that we can separate ourselves from this thing, this phone, that carries every challenge and every problem that we are facing. Well, I think also, too, Ariana, what you just mentioned is actually what I'm really focused on right now. I think you'd be proud of me. You know, it's really setting up a schedule. Um, You know, we have schedules for so many other things about business, uh, the next the next game or the next moment or the next date or whatever it may be. We have so many schedules for so many things, the next doctor's appointment. But the thing that we don't schedule is that family time intentionally. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, a lot of times, we don't schedule that prayer time, that, that get up in the early morning and take care of you time. And so what I've actively been working on is that, that two minutes of, of just being there in silence, praying, thanking, thanking, you know, uh, God, hey, you know what, thank you for, just for this another, another day. You know, one of the things that I've been thanking, being super grateful for as of late is the attitude of gratitude and how that attitude is a habit. And so that's been a critical part for me and my journey um, over the past, you know, year during COVID because I knew that I had to be super, you know what, you know what word I love, uh, Trevor and, and Ariana? The word intentional. Yep. Yes intentionality is everything in terms of forming great habits. The other thing that I really care about, you know, one of the things that, you know, I believe that we can really control is this idea around our language. I think our language is is a habit. You know, we, we can form these habits and our habits can affect us and change us, but our language is a predictor on how far we will go. I believe in life this week, today, you know, how we wake up and what we say and how we end the day is going to change us for the for tomorrow and for the weeks to come and for the years to come. And so the one thing that I would say if, if somebody were to ask me, you know, how do you start your day? I start my day with great language. That's how we start our day. You got to start your day with great language and you got to end your day with great language. I couldn't agree with you more. I think what we tell ourselves and what we say about ourselves are so key in terms of the world we're going to create. They're so powerful. You know, the Bible says, what a man thinketh he becometh. You know, we are what we think. We are what we say to ourselves. And I hope somebody will invent a little tape recorder we can attach to our brains to record what we say about ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to ourselves because it's devastating. I don't think our worst enemies talk about us this way. So when we turn that around, uh, it has a huge impact. And it doesn't mean we're not going to make mistakes. 
It means how can we move to the attitude of learning from our mistakes? And how can we move to what Russell called an attitude of gratitude? Because gratitude, we know that from scientific data, is the biggest antidote to anxiety. And especially right now, there is a lot of uncertainty. And uncertainty is very hard on humans. So I tell my daughters, you know, don't lose in your own fantasies. Stop, Mm -hmm. you know, fantasizing in dark colors, you know, make it good. You know, they're your fantasies. Why don't you win in them? Imagine if Russell went to play and in his head he was imagining himself losing. Yeah, that doesn't happen. (laughs) That doesn't happen. I know. It doesn't happen because you've worked on that. Otherwise, we all have that that tendency of negativity. No question. So we have to actually prepare and work uh, with ourselves on that, you know, Andre Wigudala, you know, is an investor in my company, Thriving, and he uh, talks a lot about how he has he had to teach himself if he made a mistake, not to let his mind stay there, but to move on. Because if you let your mind kind of keep beating you up about your mistake as an athlete, you're going to make more. Am I? Are we right, Russell? Yeah, 100% right. And so I think a lot of it um, to become successful and to sustain success, right, is the things that you don't say a lot of the times. A lot of people talk about what you do say. That, that's part of controlling your language. But the other part of controlling your language is what you don't say. And so, you know, in the midst of a game, you know, uh, I could have thrown three touchdowns or given three interceptions. But either way, my language should stay the same. The circumstances shouldn't change my language. Championship language, right, doesn't change, right? And so no matter what the circumstances are, that to truly think like a champion, we got to speak like a champion. We got to act like a champion. We got to have habits like a champion. You know, one, one question I would ask for you, you know, Ariana, is for the young girl, young guy who, who has to be able to create good habits, who doesn't really, they may not know how to do it. What, what would you say for a young person, how do you build great habits? Because I think that's really important for a younger person, you know, understanding, okay, here, here, are, the, here are the essentials. I, I want to know the essentials. The, I call it the non-negotiables. What are the non-negotiables to success? Or the micro steps that you took <laughs> personally? Well, that's a fantastic question, and I'm so glad you asked it because a lot of people think um, that you have to get to be successful before you can start building healthy habits and taking care of yourself. And we need to change that because the truth is, when I look back at my life, that all the mistakes I made, all the failures I had, and you know, when you succeed, people forget how many times you failed along the way and how many things you actually did wrong. All that for me, I can connect it to being exhausted, running on empty, and not being at my best. Like we all know that when we are depleted, we are less creative, we make uh, worse decisions, we are less empathetic, and we are less intuitive. You know, we miss all the red flags that we might have noticed otherwise. So... I obviously have always worked hard. That's a given in terms of a non-negotiable. But I love my work. 
So I think when you do something you love, working hard doesn't feel like a chore. My mom used to say, 100% is a breeze, 99% is a bitch. <laughs> so putting myself 100% into something uh, is amazing. But if I don't take time to recover and recharge, I'm not going to be sustainably good. And that's really what matters as much in your 20s as it matters in your 70s and 80s. And it's not a function of age or how successful you are. It's a function of science, data, and the human operating system. Here's what I'd like to say, because I studied that and I went back trying to understand why do we believe something that's completely false? Why do you believe, as John Bon Jovi sang, that I'll sleep when I'm dead? Or you snooze, you lose. How come we believe these things that are not true? And it turns out that it goes back to the first industrial revolution when we started revering machines and then software. And the goal of machines and software is to minimize downtime. But for the human operating system, downtime is a feature, not a bug. We wow. need downtime to have amazing uptime. Yeah, and I think that that's a, uh, you know, that's a learning process. And I, I think it all goes back to, you know, Russell, and I remember the 22-year-old Russell who aspirationally wanted to be the winningest quarterback where he's at and was striving for that success. And we had this idea that behavior was going to precede this success and I want to take you to this idea, um, Ariana, of the illusion of choice. And I had a chance, I was working for the Memphis Grizzlies, and one of our players, Vince Carter, and he said, you know, there's nothing wrong with thinking you can do whatever you want, but when you set a goal, your path is predetermined, and you've already limited your choices. We call this the illusion of choice. You either do it or you don't, because if you don't, you're not optimized. Love that, Trevor. You're absolutely right, Trevor. It's a, um, I call it, you know, it's a straight and narrow path. And a straight and narrow path means knowing when am I at my best. I personally need eight hours of sleep. So, as you said, I have to make that choice. I could stay up all night binge-watching Netflix or scrolling down Instagram or whatever, but if I do that, it's going to limit my performance the next day. Same goes with the thoughts I, ho I hold in my head. So same goes with the foods I eat. It all is connected. So for me, my choice is my faith. So, you know, somebody else's choice may be something else. And so I think each person's, each person needs to find their choice. What is that one thing that I, I have to do for me? What is that one Actually, thing? Actually, my it, faith is my rock too. And um, I have a lot of quotes around me that reinforce that faith. One of them actually is by Rumi, the Persian poet who said, live life as though everything is rigged in your favor. Oh, what good. that means is that often things happen that are hard, that are painful, but they then open other doors. 
that are sometimes some of the best things that happen. So we need to trust and uh, allow our lives to take us um, in different uh, ways, some ways that we might not even have predicted. So, okay, one more thing I have on my desk, another saying is life is a dance between making it happen and letting it happen. Sometimes, you know, things happen. I don't know about you guys, but when I look back at my life, I've always worked hard, but I also had opportunities that came to me and I had to be open to take them. And I think it's really important to remember that dance so that we are not like breathlessly and frenetically, constantly um, looking to make everything happen. You know, Ariana, I want to ask, uh, resiliency, attitude, skill, gift. Oh, absolutely skill. I think we can all become resilient. We can practice resilience. And for me, resilience is not just about uh, bouncing back, you know, after adversity. I call it bouncing forward. You know, using adversity to strengthen us using a crisis like the pandemic has been for all of us um, as a catalyst to build the lives we want. Perfect. Russ, agreed? Yeah, I would I would agree with that skill, and I think that skill has to be worked on. So I think that's why, you know, us talking about mindset, us talking about great habits, us talking about neutral thinking, us talking about language, you know, as you say in your book, it takes what it takes. You have to work on that skill set just like anything else. If you want to be a great free throw shooter, right, you got to practice it. You know, if, if you want to be a great pitcher and you want to throw that Mariano, you know, cutter that he used to get everybody out with and break their bats, you got to practice it. And so same thing with resiliency. Yeah, but I, and I think that one of the things I want our audience to understand is what Ariana and Russell are talking about. You're not born with it. These are going back to Russell's intentionality and and the decisions you've made, Ariana, to 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 behave like a success before you ever came one. Uh, these are these are choices, and they're finite choices. And we weren't given them; we lived them. And uh, what an incredible opportunity to spend time with you today, Ariana. And I want to turn it over to my co-host Russell to uh, to close with a few comments as it relates to this idea of thinking like a champion and what we've learned from you today? Well, I think Trevor, first of all, when I think about all, all of this, I, I do think about, you know, you know, forming these micro, micro celebrations, these micro steps. I, I think that's such a cool thought because one of, one, one of the things that Trevor and I always say is simple wins. Sometimes we overcomplicate our lives that we have to figure out every issue and every obstacle around our life and to be honest with you, it's really, really hard. But these small little changes, I think, allow us to have a greater change in the long run. You know, even the most successful people in the world, we all have obstacles. But the reality is, is that we have to focus on the same simple things that, that bring us joy, that bring us laughter, that bring us, you know, uh, that peace of mind every day. See, obstacles are going to come, whether it's 2021, 2022, or, or 2030 in people's lives. But what is that one thing that you would say would help allow us each individually, but also collectively, what is, what is that one theme, that one thing, that one habit that will allow us to overcome our obstacles as we know we're going to face them coming up here soon? 
First of all, I would say we all need to remind ourselves that by virtue of our spiritual birthright, we have a place of strength, wisdom, and peace in us. You know, most of the time we're not living there, let's be frank, but it exists. So anything we can do to reconnect with that place uh, makes a huge difference to our lives and to overcoming adversity. And what I would say, um, because I think one of the things that Trevor, you and I share, is like we're evangelists. Like when we learn something, we want to go preach. We want to get others to believe it. It's like we know these things work. We want you to know it too. And uh, what for me works is this idea of make it simple. And in order to make it simple, we need to organize our environment to avoid temptations. I don't like depending on willpower. (laughs) It's like if you're an alcoholic, don't put a bottle of scotch on your nightstand and say, hey, you know, I'm not going to drink. You are, okay? Uh, If you are, as we all are, addicted to our phones, don't leave it on your nightstand. Because when you wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom or whatever, you're going to go and look at your phone, no matter what you tell yourself. So make it easy, make it simple, charge it in the kitchen, charge it away. So, you know, if you want to avoid sugar, don't fill your fridge or your kitchen with cinnamon buns. You know, these things sound simple, but they're important. Make it easy, make it simple to make the right choices and know that we can break it down into little, tiny, micro-steps, too small to fail, and have the wind on our back, and be able to overcome whatever adversities and challenges are coming along the way. Thank you so much, guys. This has been amazing. Thank you. Thank you for making the time. Thank you. It's incredible. I think we all got better, and we know we don't need to be sick to get better. So thank you so much, Ariana. Uh, continued success, and we know nothing happens by accident. And, and, and Ariana, I think that we're just going to have to change our podcast titles to Think Like Ariana. <laughs> <laughs> A true champion of life. Thank you so much, Ariana. You know, Russ, one of the uh, great things Ariana talked about was this idea of awareness to action and and these micro steps. What are uh, some of the things that you feel like anybody could do, whether they're an NFL quarterback or a global media uh, empire CEO? I think the first thing is, you know, our language is going to form us and it's going to shape us. So, you know, I, I think that we really do have to control our language and how we say things or what we don't say. I think the second thing, too, as well, is is about our habits, obviously, and about controlling the little details uh, of our environment to allow us to be successful. And then, you know, this notion, which, you know, is probably my biggest struggle, is is that peak performance is not just for the athlete. It's not just for the CEO. Peak performance is being a better father, being a better mother, uh, being a better communicator. Peak performance is doing all the necessary things to allow you to become the best version of you. And so 
one of the things that I think that's really, really important is this notion that um, we have to go to the point of no return. We have to go all the way to the edge, all the way to the edge, but don't fall off the cliff. <laughs> Be willing to go all the way to the edge, all the way to the edge in your training, if you're, if you're an athlete or you're trying to get healthy, all the way to, to the edge if you're trying to, to create that, that, that company and to create that new opportunity for yourself and your, and your family, all the way to the edge if you're, if you're trying to get that job interview for the first time and you're 24 years old coming out of college or all the way to the edge. If you really want to think like a champion, you have to be willing to do what champions do. Let's just be honest. The reality is, is that champions, they have to be willing to do things that other people who aren't champions, you know, that, that aren't willing to do. I, I think that the reality is, is that you have to be willing to go further, more efficient, better, faster, stronger, whatever it may be in my sport. Uh, you have to do it better, but you have to do it efficient. You have to be very efficient with your process and I think that's where we can control our environments. I think that's where we can control the steps along the way. And, and to truly think like a champion, a champion doesn't stress in the midst of the chaos. They actually get calm. They actually get calm. Well, because they know those micro habits have carried them, right? You know what you've done. Just to be honest, when the game's on the line, it's in the fourth quarter, you know, or, or life's getting tough. You know, the, the, the reality is I've been through a lot already. I've been through the the fourth quarter games and won won most of them, <laughs> and yep. I've also been through some games that you haven't won, but I know the next time is going to be the best one, yep. and 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 I think that same thing in life, you know, as we always say, Trevor, with limitless minds, is that the best is yet to come. Yeah. Well, thank you, Russell. I think that's an incredible summary, and I think it tells you that uh, education is an ongoing process, no matter how good you are, and if you're great, you can get greater. And if you're motivated, you can get more motivated. And if you're struggling, you can take micro steps to move forward and redefine your path. So thank you so much for this incredible episode of Think Like a, a Champion. And uh, we look forward to continuing this journey with you and building all of us as we go forward to take that next step, whatever it is, in our lives. Can't wait. Think Like a Champion. See you next episode.